0: Welcome to Heritage Fellowship's Sermon of the Week. We hope you're encouraged and challenged as we study the Word of God together. Good morning. Man, I haven't seen most of y'all since last year. It's uh... Well, you know you haven't had like at least a hundred New Year's jokes. Okay, so maybe you haven't. It is just a delight to be here. We will uh, be back on to our... Matthew series with our Macario sub series next week. Uh, the plan would be for McKenzie, who uh, is going to share on Peacemaker. Yeah, we think that's going to happen. You have to come back next Sunday to find out for sure. I'm giving it seventy thirty, maybe eighty twenty. We'll see how this morning goes. We'll find out. But uh, to start the new year, we just wanted to come and uh, not just us, but we just got to come first. We're the first fruits. She's first, I'm Fruity. It's good to meet you. Um, that might be my best pun of the year, actually. That's, and uh, I don't know, how many of you remember the reword from last year? It was such a significant uh, thing, I think, that brought clarity and unity for us as a body and so, as the elder team was praying and thinking about this year, we just wanted to come and to bring a, a word of encouragement, a word of clarity, a word of unity, a word of direction, a word of uh, vision, a prophetic word over our body as we are beginning to walk out this new year. So, that's what we're going to do this morning. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm Casey Moss, and this is my wife, Kara. Um, on the the elders let's do this just for clarity's sake uh, the elders of the church so that's jim price if you would stand peggy price and brian styles and bill conrad and myself uh we are uh, the elders for the church but we don't serve in a vacuum we serve on a team and so we serve with our spouses so shannon and judy and kara if y'all would stand you're already standing that's great stand again Um, so we serve on the elder team along with Jonathan Price. He's the executive pastor, and his wife, Lisa, if you guys would stand. And also serving on that team is, um, and they're in Vegas, I believe, but Jerry and Donna Lawson are in Vegas with family, but they serve on that team. You guys may be seated. And uh, I just want you to see that team. I think uh, it's important as we're talking uh, about culture this morning, To realize that one of the things, even the elder team represents that culture that honors um, our spouse, that honors marriage. So if you get me, you've got her. I think most of you just want her and you put up with me. I feel the same way. I would do that. We also honor team and we value team. And so that's the elder team that's going to be sharing with you this morning. And so um, the word that we have felt for this body for the year is this. You might want to write this down. This is really good. Kingdom culture, honor, disciple, serve. And we have prayed into that. We're going to share into that this morning as just a way of uh, unifying our hearts together for the year. And we feel like as the elder team, that's part of our our function and our role and one of the ways that we serve um, this house. So kingdom culture, honor, disciple, and serve serve. Culture helps determine not only what we do, but also why and how we do it. And I believe that it's imperative for the life and strength and growth of this church family that there is uh, unity and a cohesiveness and kingdom about our culture.
1: Good morning. Happy New Year. Wow, you do not sound as excited about the new year as I am. So, Happy New Year! Yeah, this morning is amazing. So kingdom culture. Um, different ones of us are going to be sharing on this phrase, kingdom culture, honor, disciple, serve. And I was tasked with the first kingdom culture. And I have been thinking about the word culture. That is a very popular word in our culture today. You see in businesses and organizations and even within churches, there's this striving for creating their culture. If you were, oh no, if I were, if I were a customer at Chick-fil-A and I said thank you to my server, what am I going to hear? That is Chick-fil-A's culture. We have a Southern culture. If I were to say This isn't true. I'm making this up. But if I were to say, oh, Candace, she just was late to church today, had a hard time getting all her kiddos dressed and shoes and stuff and bags. And that might be true. I don't know. And then I might add the phrase, bless her heart. (laughs) That's our culture. That is the South. That is our culture, and this morning, as an elder team, we are wanting to say to our family here that we are a part of a culture, and it is the kingdom culture, and that this year, the Holy Spirit, the Lord, is going to take us on a journey, and I believe it's very strategic how we're in Matthew right now. He's going to take us on a journey of discovering more and more the kingdom culture that we are a part of, and I felt this morning during worship, I was like, man, you know what I feel like? I know I'm not older than some of you, but I am older than some of you. And I was feeling like, it's just like at home, at the end of the year and the first of the year, we sit down with our kids and we have a family meeting and we talk about who we are as the Moss family. And this morning, you're gonna hear from the elder team about who we are and who we are becoming as a church family and as believers and followers of Christ. And this morning, I just felt like, I just wanna be like, you're a part of the kingdom. You are a part of the kingdom of God, and that means by nature you've been invited into a kingdom that has a different culture. We no longer have to live under the stuff and the junk and the issues and all the things. We are under kingdom culture, and that looks different. There's an upside-down kingdom, and it is we're called out of darkness into the marvelous light. If we want to gain our life, then we will lose it. Um, The last shall be the first, and the first shall be last. We're in this upside-down culture, and I don't know about you, but I am so thankful for that this morning. I'm thankful as we head into the next year, family, that we don't have to live under the culture of our culture, but that we have been called into the kingdom of God. So I have three scriptures for us this morning on this that we're going to just, hopefully you guys will take these down, just chew on them this month and this year. So number one, is John John three three truly truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Kingdom culture is only seen if you are born again, and that is how all of this stuff in kingdom culture that doesn't make sense to the world makes sense to us. we see it we see the Well, culture says if someone has offended you, you can hang on to that. You can carry that. You can be bitter. You can walk your whole life in that. Kingdom culture says, I forgive you, and I release it, and I don't have to walk in that anymore because it's upside down. But you only see it if you've been born again by the Spirit of God. Number two is John 18, 36. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. We get to be a part of a kingdom that looks different, is different, and lastly, Luke seventeen twenty to 21. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them. The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you that is good news. We are in the kingdom of God right now. This day, this year, we are walking in the kingdom of God. If you have been born again, you are in that. You're living it today. And we get to carry that out this year. And so everything we're going to hear today is how we can begin walking and applying kingdom culture in three very specific areas in our lives and as a family. And so just it's like a mom and dad thing, and you're just going to hear from several mom and dads this morning that would say to us as a family, be a part of this. Latch hold of it. Grab hold of the vision and the direction that the Holy Spirit is taking it, taking us as a church family. I believe that this is a year that the Lord is calling our church family into something deeper. We know the kingdom. We know his word. We've been studying it. We are people of the word, but this is a year to take that seed and let it blossom and flourish and bear fruit in this house as we walk out the reality of kingdom culture as a church family. But the only way we get there as a church family is if each one of us individually say, "I'm in." I want to walk in kingdom culture. And as we individually grab hold of that, we as families, we bring it into our homes. And that is the only way it grows and grows. And then collectively, as a church family, we are unified with the body of Christ around the world because other churches are doing this at the beginning of the year as well. And we are saying in a new and fresh way, Holy Spirit, have your way in this house. We partner with you and your culture and nothing else. Amen.
0: You know, and, and Kara's right. This is not just a word for our body, but our body is made up of indi- individual members, and it's a word for all of us. And and here's the good news: as we've said so many times, this isn't an external regulation that we somehow have to perform to to be a part of the body, so that we can be who we're called to be. But this is about the internal working out of our salvation, and this is about choices that we make. and And we're we're empowered though uh, by the very power of Jesus. So this isn't about we're going to give you a list. Of of things that you now have to do so that you can do your part. No, we're going to define for you and, and put out for all of us what we expect to see happening as the Holy Spirit is working this out in us. See, it's not just, Jesus is not just saying, uh, let me um, define for you what my culture looks like. He is saying that for sure. But he's also providing the power to walk out the culture that he's defining for his kingdom. And so that's what we have the opportunity to do this year. I think Keith Yoder, if you go back into uh, the podcast archives, the date was September 19th in Overflow. Uh, but he did a great job talking about how culture has got to come from the inside out. And so it's imperative that as we hear that this morning, that we are hearing a, a call to for an inside out way of doing things and we're changing our culture by changing us on the inside and it's the power of christ that that flows out of it's not legalism and it's not works and so um as as we continue to live out kingdom culture in every aspect of life and ministry at heritage fellowship we will continue to be perfected as the local expression of the body of christ that is called to encounter god touch lives and impact nations. And that happens as we walk out a continuing personal and corporate perfecting of who we are in Jesus. And so, yes, this year we're talking about kingdom culture, and uh, that's that, the word, but specifically there are those three areas, honor, disciple, and serve. So I'd like to have Bill and Judy share with us what the Holy Spirit's been saying to them for us about honor. So if you guys would come as we honor them in their coming. Thank you.
2: Oh my goodness. How do you take something as big as culture and then try to make a subset of it called honor? Um, it's been a challenge for us to try to get our, our heads around it. And I will have to say I've learned an incredible, uh, uh, an incredible lot about what uh, culture is and, and, and what honor is. And one of the things I've, I've learned is that, that honor is a cultural concept um, and it incurs and has incurred throughout history in every country in every community, um, in every religion it's something that occurs within any community that, that gathers. Um, and some of them, some of them aren't, aren't very good and you stop thinking some of the culture of honor in some of the religions that are in the world it's not very I mean some of it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, and then there's the honor that you find in things like uh, oh like West Point and the military, and there's a you know there's a goodness in that, but that's not really the honor that we're interested in. We're interested in the honor that has been created and established by God himself for us. Um, we thought a reasonable place to be would be to turn to Scripture and see you know, what Scripture has to say about honor. Now that seems like a pretty straightforward task, right? Well, any of you who have ever, and I, my son-in-law, my son-in-law is uh, uh, in seminary, and last semester he was taking Hebrew. And he complained and he grumbled and he struggled with that and I understand why. I looked up the Hebrew word for honor in the Old Testament. The, the word is kebab or kadab. It's, it's kind of pronounced different ways and it has a zillion zillion derivatives from it. Um, but basically it car- well let me just let me just let me just share with you, okay? It carries a variety, a whole variety of, of meaning because it's a very complex word. The Hebrew dictionary says it means to be heavy, to be weighty, be grievous, be hard, be rich, be glorious, be burdensome. Now, do y'all pick up any kind of trend in any of that? it's uh it's It's a very complex word but the but the concept of it, um, it it's something that can't be missed the, the something I read that was really good it said it's like a boulder that's that ends up in the in your path in your road, and I don't mean a little boulder, I mean a boulder. you can't dismiss the fact that it's in your paths. And you can't get around it. You can't get over it. You can't get under it. It is something that you must deal with. It's weighty. It's a pressing thing. Um, It's even glorious. It has a sense of awe or reverence uh, for the person or thing. Did you know that the word glory that we see and we even sang about, you know that, that glory is really a derivative of that. It's what me, that's honor. When you see the word glory in Scripture in the Old Testament, a lot of times it really is saying this, this word, kebab, honor. So it's, it's, a, it's a significant word um, and it conveys a sense of enormous importance. It's an expression of worth and value. And that's where I want to park. When we say honor we're, we're establishing and expressing worth and honor um, and value. That's that's what we mean by honor. Um, so for us as Christians, followers of Jesus' teaching, honor then is ascribing the same value that, gro- that God ascribes to himself, to his family of people, and his people is themselves. Three things. Himself he ascribes honor to, his kingdom he ascribes honor to, and his people he ascribes honor to. So as we look at honor this morning, That's what we want to look at. What is it that God is saying about honor? So if you will indulge us for a little bit, Judy and I would like to share with you uh, our personal encounter with heritage culture. Um, With heritage culture of of honor. And we've got a few scriptures that we'd like to continue with uh, and add to that so that we see what God has established heritage's honor, culture of honor on.
3: Yeah, I'm afraid this might sound more like a commercial for heritage, (laughs) (laughs) because we love heritage. Um, Yeah, uh, the culture of honor is not new to heritage. We're not establishing anything new. We've been here 12 years, and from the time we entered the doors, I mean, it's like so many of you have experienced. It's like you may not be able to name it—culture or honor or what is it—but it's like God is in this place, and you and you know it. And um, so, our you know, we come from a little bit different background, as many of you do. And so, we came in, and in the worship, I mean, it was obviously God. It was obviously freedom of the Holy Spirit. Um, it was things we didn't particularly understand, but but we could say with assurance, God is in this place. And um, so you know, as you go on, you kind of figure figure out what's going on. <laughs> and uh, Psalm says, one of the psalms says, "Ascribe to the Lord the glory; do His name." Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. And uh, so at Heritage, we found a place where God was honored, a place where expressive, sincere worship poured out, and where the Holy Spirit was valued and given freedom. I was thinking about this this morning, too. Um, the honoring of the word here is Amazing. Um, so you can come in and you can experience that God is in this place, but not be able to explain it. And, uh, it reminds me of in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out and people didn't understand it, but they, some knew it was God, some didn't. And then Peter explains what was going on. And then... Those who were converted gave themselves to the teaching of the apostles, and so the truth and the word was poured—not just the experience. And um, yeah, and uh, and then another psalm says, "Lord, I love the house where you live, the place where your glory dwells," and that is something unique to Heritage, too. We just don't want to leave after the worship service. Have you noticed that? If we, if we didn't actually get hungry, we probably wouldn't leave, right? <laughs> so, so that is that, you know, just that God is so honored here. Um, as he, we uh, worship him as he would be worshiped.
2: So God demands that He be honored in this place. If you will think back um, two years, maybe it's been three. To Ephesians, Ephesians two. Oh my, that's really going back. Ephesians two, um, two nineteen says. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. When, uh, when we arrived uh, several years ago, as Judy had said, we, uh, we had to get used to a few things. Uh, we were not accustomed to the way some, you know, um, some things were done. And one of the most incredible things that I ran to was that there weren't any business meetings here. Man, I came from a Baptist and Methodist background and we have business meetings. Uh, and that's not the culture of heritage because heritage honors the family. Not a business. It honors God's family. It honors the kingdom. And so we found here a body of believers who recognized that they carried this DNA, a people who honored and valued their adoption into the family of God, and were, and here's what I want you to hear intent on increasing the family's reputation. And committed to casting it into the next generation and the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. That's what family does. That's what the kingdom of God's family does. It casts it on and on and on.
3: And then there's the honoring of each other that is expressed in so many ways here and that we found um, people were not only friendly and nice, right? They wanted to get to know us, know who we were, share their lives with us. And that was such such an honoring thing. Um, when I looked, at certain people, I, I just remember that, that sense that thank you for inviting us to your home, to lunch, you know, to really wanting to know us. It, it's such a way of honoring. But then we see it expressed in many other ways in the building and outside of the building. It, it's, um, it's Romans 12.10. We be, de- de- be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves or be devoted to one another with mutual love, showing eagerness in honoring one another. But really, you know, it all comes from what's been said before about being connected to Christ. Um, it comes from a place of, um, it's the idea of um, being connected to the vine. And... Uh, Someone once said, the grape both experiences and expresses the vine. And uh, I think that that's what happens here at Heritage, that we experience Jesus, and then we express him out of, because we're connected to him, and there's life.
2: I just want to add one thing that Judy just said. There's, a, there's another... Um, um, translation of that Romans 10 verse that I just liked the wording of. And it says, be devoted to one another with mutual love, showing eagerness in honoring one another. Wouldn't that be a great place to be, to be, have eagerness in honoring each other. We wanted to share our observations. I, I guess it did sort of Maybe it is a commercial. Uh, <laughs> but we wanted to share our observations and experiences with you when we arrived here over, a, I guess, a decade ago. Because it's the, it's the culture we experienced. It's also the culture that many of you have experienced when you walked in the door. We have all experienced this culture that, that we are immersed in. Um, so our story is really no different this morning than, than, than yours um, and it continues to be the story that goes on and on. It's a story of God honoring himself, of him jealously protecting his family name and establishing your and my value. Can me say that again. It's God demanding honor of Himself, jealously protecting His family name, and establishing your and my value and worth. That really isn't heritage culture. That's God's culture. You know, for several years, there hung in the in the foyer out here a banner that had big red letters on it. I don't know if any of you remember seeing it. It's not been there for a while. But there were three three letters. They were kind of the tagline that Heritage was using in uh, that era. Um, they haven't gone away, by the way. Um, these uh, These words are still very descriptive of who Heritage is. The words were Increase, enlarge, and expand, if I remember correctly. And as we look into 2020, we're asking ourselves, how do we envision our culture through the next decade? I would say to us that it's, um, I'd say to us, let's further embrace what God has already deposited here. That's what, why we wanted to just share our story, because we wanted you to hear what God has already deposited here. Um, and let's endeavor to enlarge it, and expand it, and to increase it. That's what I see going into the next decade, is, is expanding and enlarging and increasing what has already been established here. Um, too many times um, there's this desire to just change for change's sake. That's what the politicians do. That's not how God works. He takes what is there and increases it and expands it and enlarges it. So, I guess my word to is is let's enlarge our honor of God. I'm going I'm to take a minute here. I sat... Um, it was the last week that we had the the family potluck thing, and I sat at the chair with uh, at the table with Jay Bennett and Jay was sharing with us some of the things that he had experienced uh, at different places at different churches on their worship. It's amazing what's going on out there God is i mean God's at work expanding worship and and you know I, I just say to us, yes, bring it on. More. Let's, let's enlarge the honor of God in our worship and in our celebration and what we do. Let's, you know, More, more, more I say. I say let's expand and honor the reputation of the family name. You know, we live in a world that would like to silence the church. It's a world that would like to sully its name. He would like to shame us into silence. He would like to discredit us. But God's people will continue. We will continue to call people from the north and the south and the east and the west. Because that's who we are. I say let's increase the honor that we extend to each other. As Scripture says, Let's outdo each other. Um, Not for what the other person has achieved, but rather because of the value that God has already placed on them. And so that's what I submit to you. And in doing so, we will encounter God, we'll touch lives, we'll impact nations. We will encounter God. We'll touch lives and impact nations. That's who we are. That's who God desires and longs for. And so I say yes more. Let's do more. It's ours. It's ours. God wants it for us. So let's reach into 2020 and beyond to grab hold of that. God desires to hand it out. Jonathan, I believe you get to try to dissect the next piece.
4: Thank you, Bill and Judy. Can we just honor them for their words over us? Also, thank you, Karen Casey, for kicking us off this morning. It has been good to be together so far. Look at the uh, person next to you and say, This is the best sermon I've heard all year. Amen. 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 Just getting my notes pulled up here. So before I dive into uh, discipleship or disciple, Um, I just wanted to take a moment at the first of the year and do what um, Bill and Judy were sharing, honor. I honor you. I honor each of you. I honor your families. You could be anywhere. You could be halfway across the world, which is where some of you guys are headed, Costa Rica, but you have made this place your home, and I honor you, and I'm thankful to be family with you together, and I am excited about what God has in store for us as family in 2020. Um, There's three words that the Lord has kind of stirred around in my spirit for 2020. Um, When Dad released last Sunday, he said um, he wanted us all to write a a specific word on the card um, of something we were thankful for. And then something um, to focus on for the next year. And that was easy for me. Um, I wrote two words, family and family. And that family extends well beyond immediate family and my own family. It extends to you all. And, and um, I'm thankful we are family it's a good God thing. It's the way He's created us to be. And that is so much part of disciple or discipleship. You can't have the word disciple without relationship. They are synonymous. They go together. It takes it takes both. And so I am thankful for you. One of my highlights over this past few months has just been standing in the foyer, um, uh, just loving on each of you getting to hug your necks as you come in every Sunday and um, worship knowing that all the things um, throughout your week or month or whatever challenges or whatever things you're facing that you're walking in you're coming in and you're giving God glory above everything and I honor you for that place in your relationship and your walk with Jesus and so this morning, we, I want to look at disciple. Um, our foundational scripture for that is going to be Matthew twenty eight eighteen through 20. And let's just, can we read this together? Then Jesus came to them and said... So how are we going to expand in our discipleship and in, in being discipled, opening our hearts up to the word of the Lord that is being released week after week and those that are in our lives discipling us. So how are we going to be discipled or open up more and um, how will we, uh, how will we receive? Where Where's the Lord asking you to open up this year and then where are you Supposed to be discipling others. Both ways. Amen. And so he's got those answers for us in 2020, and I'm excited about that. A disciple, a believer in Jesus, one who leads others toward a Christian lifestyle, culture, kingdom culture, based on the commands and the truth of God's word. So this morning I want to uh, take a, uh, a look, a really deep theological look at the word discipleship, and how it ties into roller coasters. Who, who loves roller coasters in here? Oh yeah, I got a lot of roller coaster fans. I am a huge roller coaster fan. I think in another life I'd just like go around the United States riding roller coasters and like blogging about them, and like if I could make like a YouTube channel about you know if I. But as another, you know, I I love roller coasters. My family loves roller coasters. So this morning I I'm, I'm going to show you a few spiritual memes to kick us off for 2020. Um Lisa and I just got back from Oh, by the by the way, uh, my beautiful wife uh she, I somehow convinced her to let me have all the time this morning. <laughs> so thank you, Sweetie, for that. It, it It just means she's gonna have to preach one whole service sometime this year. You're welcome for that. But we recently got back from Disney World and uh, we we rode a lot of coasters. You know, life is like riding a roller coaster, right? And uh, so here are some here's some memes for us. So when you're scared out of your mind while everyone else is smiling, just saying, trust him. Yeah, that's good. All right, what else we got here? Uh, The season when you're so anxious you can't even look to the future and someone's there declaring, the joy of the Lord is your strength. (laughs) I mean, look at her. She's just like, oh, what was cool about this one? You see this little kid down there? He's not ours. (laughs) He's like, he's doing this and I've got my hat covered me. That was pretty cool. Those times when you need a prayer partner during life's big drops, those moments when you can celebrate with others and thank God for what He has brought you through, Amen. Come on, look at that face, that girl. She, oh, she gets me. Look at that little smile on her face. Oh my gosh, she is a cutie. Um, those moments when you should drink coffee, amen, together and have those heart-to-heart talks. And yes, there is coffee in that cup. I snuck it on. You're supposed to drink coffee all day. I had just bought it. It's like $25 at Disney World for a cup of coffee. And so I'm like, I am not throwing this away. I'm like, it's coming with me. Oh, this is a good one don't worry, Jesus got this. I love the, the girl in the front, you know. But it's so true, you know, life experiences. You've got one person, you know, they're like, ah, you can be Jesus to them. Like, listen, he got this. So those moments when your example affects everyone else around you. I don't know these guys. You know, I was just getting ready for that camera shot. And then, of course, they too, uh, I guess at the same time, you know, they were super angry (laughs) for whatever reason as well. So, uh, yeah. Leading by example. (laughs) 2020. Here we go, guys. This is for us. When you're headed on an adventure with family, with others, and you can't wait to see what God does. Amen. Amen. This, this coaster specifically, it shoots you off 60 miles an hour, like right out of the gate. And so you're just like, and that's, man, when Kara was sharing this morning, Casey, you were good too. But <laughs> the, the anointing and the unction of the spirit, did you feel it and sense it in that it felt like a blast off? and i am excited that the lord is releasing his holy spirit his words to us as a church family at the start of the year because we we don't want to do it without him we can't do it without him so the roller coaster of life <clears throat> you know there's ups and downs incredibly slow climbs to the peaks right before those sudden drops, unexpected turns, you know, those incredibly fast points, crazy twists. They can really throw you for a loop, especially the ones you've not ridden before. You know, we all we have those roller coaster moments, you know, relational struggles, conflicts in the family, with work, career changes, school challenges, addictions, depression, anxiety, you know, there's all those things that on the coaster of life, you know, that's just, that's part of the journey we're in. And, you know, it's how we choose to deal with those, how we chose to react to those on the roller coaster of life that kind of shows us where we're at in our walk with others in our relationship with Jesus. It's in those moments that uh, our faith is really tested. And it's those times that we should lean into each other and lean into Jesus. You know, it's those times, you know, just as the crazy roller coaster examples, you know, Caitlin and I were just like kicking back for a few minutes there, like a split second on the the coaster. Um, You know, that was a, you know, you are leading By example, so that part of discipleship in twenty twenty, I just I challenge us together. Let's lead in the following of the Holy Spirit and by example. And when somebody, because it will happen when you're when you are walking and when you are following His voice, when you are awake to His Spirit and He is leading you, He will lead you to those that are that front person in the car, literally just screaming. They're you know inside. They're They're really struggling with depression. They're really struggling with anxiety. And so you are that peace in the storm for them. God has a lot of those moments for you this year if you open up your heart to be that toward others. You know, we can face some of life's coasters over and over again, but isn't it comforting to know that the greatest comforter of all, the Holy Spirit, rides with us through it all? Deuteronomy 31, six says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And then Jesus promised his disciples he would not leave them as orphans. And I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide in you forever. John 14.16 The comforter, Jesus said, who would guide the disciples into all truth. Man, isn't it a blessing to have those in your life who choose to jump on, buckle up right next to you on life's coaster? You know, friends or family become the hands and feet of Jesus in those moments, those moments when you need them the most. This is God's kingdom, his relational design. The word discipleship, it, as I mentioned before, it is tied with relationship and relationship with others. You know, I'm, I'm personally so thankful for those who have walked with me throughout my life, those who have spoken truth to deception, hope in storms, peace in conflict, wisdom and confusion, people who have expressed the compassion of Jesus in the midst of life storms, and those struggles, man, those are friends. <laughs> those are disciples. Those are disciples of Jesus. I am thankful for those kind of people in my life. And equally, I am thankful for the blessing it is to be the one intentionally giving of myself for the spiritual growth of others. You will be refreshed as you refresh others. You will be refreshed as you refresh, be, as you refresh others in 2020. You know, we never stop being a disciple. We never stop discipling others as the Holy Spirit would lead us. So during 2020, I pray that we will grow in being discipled, discipling others. I pray our relationship with Jesus deepens and our relationships with our church family between each other is strengthened. And I pray our arms would reach around and hug our community tighter than ever before. And all God's people said, amen. I love you. Love you. Brian and Shannon.
5: Good morning. How do you follow that? Would you please load my family's roller coaster pictures of two thousand nine I'm just kidding? I don't like roller coasters. Maybe I'll go with you guys. It's good. I'm going. So it's going to be an awesome year at Heritage Fellowship with Kingdom Culture, and we've heard from Bill and Judy about honor, and I'm ready to step into honor this year. And we've heard from Jonathan about discipleship, and I'm ready to be discipled, and I'm ready to disciple. Are you? Doesn't that make you just want to jump on board? And so the word Brian and I are going to share about this morning is the word serve. And I'm ready to Serve. I'm ready to serve this year. I'm ready for him to open up what that looks like for us to serve one another as a family this year in a new way. Um, I got two things when I was talking to Jesus about it besides just serving, is serving God and serving others. And in Joshua 24, um, if you want to write that down, any note takers, and go back and read it later... Jonathan's talking about roller coasters. I'm talking about our idols. (laughs) Laying your idols down. Um, This is awesome. Y'all listen to this. Joshua 24 says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, which it does sometimes, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods, your forefathers, serve beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And part of our yes at Heritage Fellowship in serving is I have to make my yes to serve the Lord. And our family has to make the yes to serve the Lord. And our family has to choose. Every day you choose, am I going to serve you? Am I not going to serve you? We wake up and we choose the apple. We choose and we say yes. Um, In Matthew 6, it says, no one can serve two masters. So I can't serve two things this year in 2020. We can't serve two masters. I can't serve God in money. I can't serve God in social media. (laughs) I can't serve God in social media. I can't serve God in social media this year. That's wonderful, but I can't serve God in social media. I can't serve my personal ambition or my significance in being awesome. And y'all thinking I'm awesome, right? I can't serve my reputation And I can't serve my flesh. And I love the way that says, um, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose you this day who you'll serve. I know when our children were little, uh, we forced them to serve and they didn't want to most of the time. You know, you will serve. (laughs) And, um, And we forced them to serve and it became part of their hearts. It became who they were. It became part of them. And the best person we could follow, and the best example we have is Jesus, who gave his life and he served for us. And following his example, he was the best example. And in Matthew 2028, 20, it talks about him. And it's a great thing for us to follow in 2020 to serve. It says, Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom. So serving involves giving. It involves giving. Um, This year when I serve and when you serve, we're going to give. We're going to serve the Lord and we're going to say, yes, I choose to give. And we're going to give our time and we're going to give our resources and we're going to give our hearts and we're going to give prayers and we're going to give words. And it's going to be awesome because he's going to show us how to serve. Um, Also in Philippians 2, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition and vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, everything you want to do this year, but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing. He didn't make himself awesome and come in and a king ride on a donkey. He made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant Being made in the human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. So this year, um, we're going to serve. Are you all ready to step into serving? And one of the greatest pictures I think of is if you're at a restaurant and you have a server serving you, They take your order and they have something for you, but they don't go to the kitchen and make it and cook it and kill it and do all that. They go, I mean, except if you're in, wherever. did I say something bad and wrong? Except when you're in Chile and you do take an order and they really do go out the back door to find a chicken to kill and drag in and you wait three hours, that is a meal. But when you're in America... Then you go to Aubrey's. But this is what we do this year with serving is we take our stuff and we go back and we have some time with Jesus. And I have like my Jesus time. It's me having my Jesus time. I'm not on the toilet. I'm just having my Jesus time. (laughs) I'm doing squats. We have our time with Jesus. I'm stopping. And then we come back and we serve because we've got something to give. Right? I'm not on the toilet. I'm not. It is not... We have something to give because we've been with Jesus. He's given us the hot bread. Stop laughing. And we give it. And that's what we're going to do this year. So Casey gave us the most awesome scripture. And I swear I've read it before once at least, but it felt like brand new. So write this down. 2 Corinthians 9, 12 through 13. And put your listening ears on. This service that you perform, that we perform together this year in 2020, is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of this service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. So I'm just super excited to step into a year of serving the Lord every day by saying yes and serving each other and serving you in um, all the things.
6: Very good, Shannon. <laughs> I... um. Shannon and I actually put our um, time together. She, she looked into serving, and I looked into serving, and then we compared our notes and found exactly the same scriptures and the same thing that was speaking to Shannon was speaking to me, which I, I just love the way the Holy Spirit works. And I just want to say something that Kara said. We live in such an up, upside-down kingdom of God that that serving isn't sometimes what we think it is. Um, and just an example of that is is my hometown is Tyler, Texas, and God called me out of Tyler, Texas to Jefferson City and he's calling Jonathan out of Jefferson City to Tyler, Texas to serve you know isn't that such an upside down thing that if we were to logically look at that 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 serving um, is an obedient act of the call of God on our life and so when we when we serve with that mentality that that's That's the kingdom serving that I'm going to talk about. Uh, I do need my glasses so um, as I was uh, looking into the kingdom aspect of serving, um, I started in exodus because Moses when he spoke to um, the Lord, he was a spokesman for the Lord in And he went to Pharaoh, and he was calling the people out of Egypt. They've been living in slavery and oppression. And he called them to worship and to serve the Lord. He was calling them out of Egypt into a place of of worship and serving. And as he spoke to Pharaoh over and over again, he said, Let my people go so that they can worship and that they can serve me, the the Lord God of Israel. And finally, after many... um, Times Pharaoh said, "No, I'm not going to let them go worship and serve." He finally said, "Okay, I'll let the the able-bodied men go, but I want the women and the children and, and all the cattle and everything else left behind to um, to stay here. But but let's compromise what worshiping and serving really looks like. And I think that's the first thing I want to talk about. That that in so many places in the Word." Worship and serving are placed side by side, and that there is no compromise. Um, Abraham or uh, Moses went back and he said, No, he said, All the cattle are going to go, all the women are going to go, and all the children are going to go because we don't know what the Lord is going to require of us in our worshiping and in our serving process. So, we're, we're going with a complete whole heart. And we're going completely prepared with what we have because he may ask for it all. So the first point of serving is go with a whole heart. Leave nothing left. Go completely abandoned. It's The the complete abandonment into worship is the same complete abandonment into serving. And the complete preparation is to take what you have been given and be prepared to give it with nothing left behind. Serving comes from a place of desire to please the Lord. It's an act of obedience to the Holy Spirit. Serving is not an act of works that edifies ourself, rather service is an act of waking up to the voice of God over the direction of our life. The aspect of serving there there is there is a place where Jesus was at the at the well, and the lady, the woman at the well, comes to him, and she's drawing water, and he says something to her. He says. Um, you know, if you knew who I was, you'd ask me for, you would ask me for water, and I would give you living water. But then he says something after that, and he says, my food is to do the will of the Father. And what he was saying, you know, we eat food to edify our bodies. We, we, we can't survive if we don't eat food. That's the body part of who we are. We read the Word, the truth of the Word, and it, and it fulfills the need to, to our mind, spirit, mind, and body. The mind part gets fed by studying and knowing the truth of the Word and learning this part. But when we do the will of the Father, when we serve and we say yes to what God calls on our life, that is feeding our spirit. Um, last night, while we were at our house, Rachel We were having a conversation on serving, and um, Rachel said that, you know, and it just so resonated that if we don't serve, if we're not following the obedience of the Lord in our life, and that is not our food to our spirit, then we're going to feel it. There's going to be something missing in our life. We can have the head knowledge, and we can have the food for our bodies, but if we're not obedient in the serving aspect of what God's calling us into— then there's going to be something missing in our life, and we're going to feel an emptiness inside of us. And I just thank you for, the, for, for Rachel. She, her, her heart is so, so toward pouring out the Word of God and just uh, really blessed us last night. When Jesus went on the mountain, he was tempted by Satan. And I just want to read this. He says, Satan, Satan took him to a very high mountain, And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, I would give you all of these things if you'll fall down and worship me. And this is what Jesus responded. He said, go away, Satan, for it's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Uh, Serving, along with worshiping, but serving specifically is what we're talking about, is a weapon against Satan. And when when he is bringing us up to a place of self-exaltation, meaning I'm going to bring you up and I'm going to bring recognition to your own flesh and we can say, oh, I've made it. I'm here. Look what, the, you know, look what, look what I have. I'm, I've made it to this point. We really need to go into worship and serving because that, that is a weapon of distraction that Satan's going to use against us. And we just, we want to be prepared to use serving as a weapon against Satan and not take this lofty position that I'm anything, because I'm nothing without Christ. Also, serving is a response to what God has done to you, done for you. Um, I'll just read, I'll just read this. It says, uh, Jesus went into Peter's house and he saw his mother in law in the bed with a fever. So he touched her touched her hand, and the fever left her. Then she got up and she began to serve him. So, and and there's several examples of when God touches people in the Word that the natural response is to just serve. Like you come under the goodness of what God has done and it's such a it's such a good response, and just personally, I know in my life when God touched my heart that very first time I woke up and my heart wasn't broken anymore you you know you go through these seasons in life, and when He touches your heart and He brings you out of something through His healing touch, all you want to do is worship and serve i mean it's really it's a natural response to what God is doing in us, and that's the culture that 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 we're stepping into this year as a body. And then the last thing I have on on serving is there is a blessing in our own spirit when we submit to the holy service of God. And he has given every one of us in in this place, this this body at Heritage Fellowship, special gifts. Some of us have craftsmanship gifts. Some of us have have organizational gifts or or teaching gifts. But when we step into the holy submission of service, um, there is a selfless and humble service, and this paves the way to healing and broken, brokenness. Uh, healing of brokenness for other people and doing the will of the Father is the food for your spirit. And that's the culture that we're talking about this year. So, Peggy, I'll turn this over to you.
3: Wow,
7: that's been awesome. I love serving with you guys, and I love serving you guys. You're you're awesome, and I'm, that's all I'm going to say because I'll cry. Okay, this is what God gave me to, to share. We we were supposed to wrap it up, and uh, <laughs> I, just, I just I just asked the Lord what what's what's wrapping it up. What does that even mean? And He reminded me of. You know how at Overflow, have you ever noticed at Overflow? When we pick a theme, you begin to see it everywhere. You see it, you see it all over the place. You see it locally, you hear it on the radio, you hear it internationally. Because God is saying the same thing. When we attune to the heavenly frequency, God is we hear what God's saying like other church families all over the place. And so I was hearing this, this word in my own spirit that I really needed to embrace for 2020. Jim was hearing a word, we didn't share. He was hearing a word that he was embracing for 2020. And I began to just say to God, you have spoken clearly to us about culture. You have spoken clearly to us about honor, disciple, and serve. And so what is the prophetic word over that, under that, around that, that empowers all that for the coming year? I wonder if you're saying the same kind of things everywhere. So I don't usually do this. I think when, you, when you've when you been around the prophetic, it's kind of a warning to all of us. When you're around the prophetic a lot, do you get a little bit numb to it? Sometimes I'm afraid I had a little bit through the years. And maybe didn't listen as I needed to and take it for granted. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, would you listen to what I'm saying? Connie sent me a word that I that I hardly even looked at, that somebody had sent her. That was a prophetic word for 2020. And the Holy Spirit went, you haven't even really read that. And he just woke me up. And so I began going, what are you saying to the body this year? And I want to share, can I take just real quick, I want to share... Uh, some of the highlights of what he's saying that's going to fuel what he's called us to. And I think it's going to be encouraging. These are from different people. Uh, Some we didn't even know. Some are not even, they're away on the other side of the world. Look upon the horizon because 2020 is coming you will be able to see clearly because the rain has stopped. Did you guys feel like it's been raining in 2019? I've been a lot of rain. Now that the storms have passed, 2020 will be a bright and shining day for the kingdom of God. Perfect vision is 2020, right? I heard that sitting right here on the the front row with Shannon before I read this. Uh, Shannon spoke that word. And I'm going to... perfect the vision that I have given you. Listen to this. Things that were foggy and out of focus, disrupted, boy, y'all feel disrupted in this last year? Disrupted or obscure will become crystal clear for 2020. There's a harvest coming this new year, and I'm going to sharpen your eyes to see it. This will be a year of reaping. 2020 will be a year marked by harvest another one. In 2020, the sun will rise and it will give light to every seed that has been planted. Each seed will grow and produce fruit. I believe every prophetic word, every seed that you've sown has been watered in past seasons. And those who have stewarded well, the prophetic words, I am so excited about this. I lose it. The prophetic words God has given them will now see those fulfilled. Amen? The dawn of the upcoming year will cause everything to grow as the sun rises. Many have endured seasons of darkness, delay, trials, and tribulations where they had no clear vision of what was on the horizon. It will not be this way in 2020. The Lord has been speaking, another one. The Lord's been speaking to me so much about the level of acceleration, momentum, occupying, and building that's going to take place in 2020 and beyond. I heard the Lord speak over the body of Christ. I am decreeing this will be your most productive season, but you must fight against distraction. Do you guys know unrest is a distraction? Worry is a distraction. Chaos in here is a distraction. So all our distractions don't come from the outside. My biggest ones come from right here. How about y'all? But it's a gear that we need to fight against distraction. Prioritize your time with me. The enemy wants you running on empty. If you don't hear anything else, hear that prioritize your time with me, the Lord, because the enemy wants you running on empty. The key to fighting distraction is living from the place of deep intimacy with him. However, that prioritizing time with Jesus looks like for you, it is those moments of deep connection with him and knowing him and encountering him and the revelation of his word that's going to fuel you for what's ahead. There is deep supernatural rest, rest that is flowing from the secret place with him that will carry us into new assignments with great peace, empowerment, joy, vision, and strength like never before. And I was sensing that so deeply. It's like when we listen to all these things that God has called us to put our hand to. I don't know about you. My natural tendencies go, okay, okay, let me see. How can I honor this person? How can I do this? How can I serve more? How can I do all these things? And God's going, no, 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 no. Let it flow from within. Get in that secret place with me. We've said it over and over this morning. It's that living out of his presence that brings rest. And I don't want to do 2020 like I did 2019 because I didn't rest a lot. I'm I'm just being honest. Okay, one more. The Lord has showed me there will be some opportunities and doors that will present, be presented to you in 2020 20 in this new, new era that will be and will look amazing, but the Lord's going to say no, and he's going to ask you to block out that time for him and to be with him instead, to come away. Draw away with him, be with him. Do not fear opportunities missed, for greater is the reward of him seeing him and knowing him than the door that's before you. From that place, greater reward, I'm um, sorry, from that place, greater things will come and will open up. He'll do more than the, the door that was in front of you that you had to say no to. He's wooing and drawing his people deeper into the place of first love and loving him in his ways above anything else. Ask for a clear vision of your assignments. There's a call right now from the Lord to step away from alignments that are not part of our assignment. To align our yes, and that was in that prophecy, our yes. To align our yes with the assignment of God for our life for 2020 in this new era. There's a mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God upon the people of God right now to move into, to move us into a place of the greatest fruitfulness and divine productivity of our lives. But it comes with a call to obey and place our hands upon only what he's building, run after it with intentionality, conviction, and purity in stewardship. So Lord, open our hearts to hear your word for this year for us. Lord, we want to embrace your culture. We want it to flow out of us. And God, we are saying we want to do it from a place of peace and rest and being intentional about being in your presence.
8: Thank you. If you wait just a minute. If the worship team would come. If you'll take that and hold it up. It's, oh, do the scent. That's the open end. <laughs> she was about to dump them all out. <laughs> you
4: know.
8: So there are over 6,000 uh, notes, cards. Uh, I know because I've gone through all of them, but I also know that sometimes they were stuck together and I might miss one here and there. Uh, But I took time the other morning to go back again through all the prayer requests, all the things placed in the hope basket, all the things placed in the forgiveness basket for the last 14 years. And so there's over 6,000 there. What I don't know because I don't ever look at them is how many people are on one sheet of paper, how many people write two or three names on a sheet of paper and fold it up. So I have no idea what the actual total of hope and forgiveness is represented here. I just know it's well over 6,000. And uh, so we were praying and uh, been praying. How, how do we honor this? This is after 14 years of accumulating. I've keep them in my office. They're there. Uh, it's an opportunity for me to pray and honor the prayers of people here. Uh, prayers for people, prayers for themselves, prayer, Lord, help me forgive so and so, uh, and and so I have uh, kept those, but I had been sensing now was the time to do something with them. There was no way I could put them in a bag and take them out to the dumpster and get rid of them, and uh, so I felt like the Lord gave a strategic uh, way. I brought it up New Year's Eve when we were here, and immediately when I said I wanted to do something, it was like throughout the whole group there were so many people said, burn them, burn them, burn them. And, uh, and so that's what we're going to do to end our service this morning. We are actually going to take and offer these up to the Lord in a holy fire. And so Bill, if you wouldn't mind taking these uh, and Casey, the things are in my office to put them in and uh and I'll give instructions. Well, let me go ahead and give the instructions now. We will... Uh, Bill, why don't you come here to the center first? And uh, we will take these. Uh, the elder team will stand around. We have four fire pits out there. And the elder team will stand around. They'll have a tray that'll be full of some of these. What I would like for you to do as a congregation is go and take a handful and drop them in the fire and uh, i'll explain more of why we're doing fire here in a moment i just want you to participate in honoring this uh and honoring the prayers of people honoring the heart to forgive others and uh, not to hold a record of wrongs in people's lives and so as we dismiss we'll be dismissed to go out the side door Uh, We have a place out there in the parking lot with four fire pits set up. And uh, I just want you to step up to one of the elder team, take some. And as you do it, just honor it. Honor us. This is us. This represents who we are. Uh, 14 years worth of prayers and forgiveness captured here. And uh, so, Bill. Before I continue, I want just to let you offer a prayer. I'll hold the mic for
2: you. <laughs> oh Lord, <laughs> how do we uh, how do we say thank you enough to um, <laughs> how do we say thank you enough to uh, see the um, the heart that you have for us, to uh, know that you hear us, that you have read every single solitary word that has been written on these sheets of paper, and that you have honored them, and you hear them, and you weep over them, and you celebrate over them, and you honor them. And so we honor you here this morning, and we lift them back to you in a holy fire in a greatness to say thank you that you hear us and that you love us so much. So Lord, into your hands, we submit these words and these pieces of paper in the natural, into the supernatural. Amen. Amen. <laughs>
8: A few days ago I was texting with a young man who works for the Washington Post and uh, I've been a prayer partner with him for several years now and uh, he sees a lot living in Washington DC and working for the Washington Post uh, he's often if there's a major crisis somewhere he's there taking photographs and uh, so we were chatting the other day and and uh, we were just talking about this year, and his statement was, it's going to be a chaotic, crazy year with a crazy election in our country. And when he said that, I thought, I said, maybe I should write a book on how to live sane in an insane world. And he said, yes, please do. <laughs> and, uh, but how to live sane in an insane world And the way we do it is what you've heard this morning. The way we do it, the way we live sane, the way we live with peace, joy, place of rest, when everything is chaotic around us, we have the opportunity to model something of sanity because we know truth. And God is truth, his word is truth, his spirit is real. And when we live by that, we live sane. We don't have to crumble under the chaos of our circumstances and situations. And so as Bill has carried out over 6,000 prayer requests and forgivenesses, I would say let's honor that. We are honoring you, those of you who have come at certain times and placed a prayer request in the hope basket for somebody or you have come and said, I'm choosing to forgive so-and-so. And so let's honor that. It is a culture of honor. It's also discipleship. and doing this, we are discipling you in prayer. Prayer is important. Prayer is a lifeline to our Christianity. Prayer is how we hope for others. We go to God in prayer that we might be able to forgive others. And so we are discipling ourselves into prayer life. Now, obviously, it's got to be more than this. It's got to be 24-7 in your life of you being in contact with the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. And this morning, I'm giving you an opportunity to serve each other as you take a moment after we dismiss and go out and you take a handful and just say Lord thank you we honor this congregation and I'm serving my brothers and sisters by agreeing with what is on these pieces of paper so would you stand so why fire why burn them because fire represents God's presence. It represents His power. We see it in the burning bush when He called Moses. In the temple, it was the Shekinah glory of God. The Israelites were guided by a cloud of fire. Ezekiel saw a cloud that was bright, shining fire. Aaron's sons they were actually judged because they offered a, a unholy fire to the Lord. Acts 2 the Holy Spirit came and it was represented in tongues of fire and then in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews tells us that God is a consuming fire. And so as we offer things from the hope basket and forgiveness basket, we simply are saying, God, would you come and consume? We give thanks for and celebrate prayers that have been answered. We honor the Lord and celebrate in those answered prayers. There are some that have not yet been answered. So we are asking, let them rise to the Lord as a holy fire, that those that we have not seen answered yet would be answered. And then there are some there that were not answered the way we thought they would be answered. And we surrender to the sovereignty of God in that, knowing that he will work all things together for our good. So as we worship, the altar's open. You might want to come and say, 2020, I'm hoping today for this person. I'm praying for this person. Or I'm praying for myself. Or starting 2020, you may want to come and just say, I need to forgive so-and-so. I need to release forgiveness. Or you may need to come and say, I need to commit to a greater revelation of honor I need to commit to being discipled and discipling others I need to step into 2020 with acts of service and the joy of serving so whatever the Lord's saying to you just come to the altar, express that to the Lord and then you can go back to your seat so just honor what God is saying to you in this moment so Father I pray that Each person would respond as you are leading them to respond as we worship you.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Please join us online at heritagefellowship.us or in person in Jefferson City, Tennessee, as we encounter God, touch lives, and impact nations.